Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi nakmaduhu wa nakstak nahu wa nakstak firhu wa nahrahu bilahi min shuhri anafusuna wa min seyuti amalina. Manyahto la lahu fala mudila lahu wa man yudu fala haria lahu. Wa shadu an la ilaha la ilaha waqtahu la sharika lahu wa shadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. Salu alayhi wa salam wa mabad. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, all praise is due to Allah. We seek his help and his forgiveness. We seek refuge with Allah from the evil of our own souls and from our bad deeds. Whomsoever Allah guides will never be led astray. And whomsoever Allah leaves astray, no one can guide. I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship but Allah, the one and only God Allah. I bear witness that Muhammad ibn Abdullah is his slave, servant, and messenger. May peace and blessings be upon him. O you who believe, be mindful of God, as is God's due, and make sure you devote yourselves to God to your dying moment. And that's in the Quran, Surah 3, Ayat 102. And when I say Surah, for my non-Muslim sisters, it means chapter, and Ayat means verse. Greetings, my sisters. I am so grateful to be able to do the Qubbah sermon today on this beautiful day of Juma Friday. I would like to thank the Women's Mosque for having me to do the Qubbah today. I am so grateful to Allah God for this space and I pray for our continued success of growth. May Allah grant us blessings in our efforts. Today, I'm gonna speak to you all about self-care in Ramadan. It is my hope from today's Qubbah that we will learn about the holy month of Ramadan and also use the strategies of self-care that I will discuss in our overall life. It was in the month of Ramadan in which the Quran was first bestowed from as a guidance unto man and woman and a self-evident proof of that guidance and as the standard by which to discern the truth from the false. Allah says in our glorious Quran, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, in the name of God, the most gracious, the most merciful. He says, O ye who have attained to faith, fasting is ordained to you as it was ordained for those before you, so that you might remain conscious of God. And that's in Surah 2, Ayat 183. He also says, SubhanAllah, Ramadan fasting is really important today in the age of indulgence surplus and overstimulation. It's a time to cut away from this world and focus on the divine. It's about gaining self-mastery. It was, it was, um, if we do not gain self-mastery or self-control, we can and will be led by those that control or supply those impulses, like a bit in a horse's mouth, turning it here and there at its master's control. Only God, Allah, should be our master. We haven't mastered being an adult until we can exhibit some self-control. Having some self-discipline and exhibiting some responsibilities for our actions. The ability to subordinate 
An impulse to a value is the essence of the proactive person. Mastery of an impulse or the lower nafs, which is self, and controlling the carnality of our soul is all about self-discipline and choice. The mind is a powerful tool and, and with which we have the ability to be in control of ourselves. Thus, the Ramadan fasting is a tool to help us exercise our will and spiritual muscles. Fasting and, or abstaining from sex, food, drink for 30 days, sun up to sundown, sounds a little intense, I know. No cursing, no meanness um, for a month. Also trying to be honest and more giving for a month. Ultimately, let's try and do this and see how we feel as a whole. This will, inshallah, God willing, take us on a trajectory of doing the latter on a more regular basis. In the Quran, Allah goes on to say, fasting during a certain number of days, but whoever of you is ill or on a journey shall fast instead for the same number of other days. And in such cases, it is incumbent upon those who can afford it to make sacrifice by feeding a needy person. And whoever does more good than he is bound to do, does good unto himself thereby. For to fast is to do good unto yourselves, if ye but knew. And that's in Surah 2, Ayat 184. He goes on in Ayat 185 to say, Hence, whoever of you lives to see the, this month shall fast throughout it. But they who are ill or on a journey shall fast instead for the same number of other days. God wills that you shall have ease and does not will you to suffer hardship. But God desires that you complete the number of days required and that you extol God for God's, for God having to guide you aright and that you render your thanks unto God. So we see from this ayah and this verse that Allah has commanded us to fast. God also states that if you are ill or traveling to make up the days, and many of us who fast in the month of Ramadan do not look closely at this verse. We forget that Allah is saying that if you are ill or traveling, to not fast. And a lot of us know we put restrictions on ourselves that are not necessary. I know many people that'll say, oh, well, I'm still gonna fast. I'm gonna be gone for four weeks and I'm gonna fast. And they may be going miles away from their home. Allah is not giving us that, right? He's saying to, that it's not a hardship, right? So for me personally, I had to look within this surah. I became hypoglycemic five years ago, which means my sugar goes low, and I have to eat every three hours. I had been fasting since I was nine years old. It's not required for children to fast until they come into puberty, but I attended Islamic school, so everyone fasted. It was a rite of passage for us at our school. We felt proud to participate. It also gave us great practice for when we would fast once reaching puberty. I was so fixed on the food fast that I forgot that Allah wants me to get more out of it than that. In later years, I began to focus more on my reading of the Quran, my prayers, and feeding the homeless. I began to self-reflect. Also, I forgave myself and focused on the last part of this verse. Allah doesn't want to put a hardship or a difficulty on us and wants us to have ease. I'm going to say that one more time. Allah doesn't want us to put 
to put a hardship or a difficulty on us and wants us to have ease. And alhamdulillah, all praise is due to God. I have grown so much in my understanding of Islam within these last five years. For Muslims, this is a time of self-reflection. We are to look within. If we, if we are someone who has a bad temper, and you know if you have a bad temper, right? Then we should try to be kinder. If we are someone who curses, we're encouraged to stop cursing for this month. It may be a challenge. You might get a, you know, a dam in there every once in a while, but you just say a stock for law and keep moving, right? There's so much that we can do to be better human beings. This is what Allah is trying to teach us with these revelations from the Quran. Let us find the joy of worship and becoming closer to God. Let's try to have a spiritual awakening. Allah has us to stop eating food during this month so that we can learn self-restraint. Many people go hungry nightly. We see how it feels to go without and to not have immediate access to food. There's over 47,000 people that are homeless in Los Angeles alone. 47,000 people, let that marinate. I can't food fast. If you can't food fast, then we can feed the needy for each day that we don't fast. Some scholars say feed 60 people. I say do what you can, for God is most merciful. For Allah goes on to say, if my servants ask you about me, behold, I am near. I respond to the call of the one who calls whenever they call unto me. Let them then respond unto me and believe in me so that they may follow the right way. And that's Surah 2, Ayat 186. This Surah is so powerful to me. Our Lord is such a just God. He is telling us, I am near and call on me anytime. How many of us don't do that? We call on human beings all the time, right? We call on family, we call on friends, and when they don't follow through or do what we want them to do, we're frustrated. So let's work on calling Allah. We all have challenging lives. I can personally attest that once I called on Allah, it was a benefit for me, especially during Ramadan. For in Ramadan nine years ago, I asked Allah to send me to Hajj. Hajj is one of the five pillars that a Muslim abides by. It is a hope that we can go once in our lifetime. I prayed nightly and asked to go. I felt a great yearning of wanting to go for two reasons. One, my father had went years prior and had called me and described his journey and that his hotel was across the street from the Prophet's mosque. May peace and blessings be upon him. Two, many of my friends had went as well. The next year, I was granted and went to Hajj. This would change my life. I felt so honored to go. I was able to worship at the Kaaba, which is the house that Prophet Abraham built in the remembrance of God, Allah. Although there were four million people there, I felt like it was just me and God. Think about that for a moment. You and four million people, and you feel like it's just you and God. It's opulence when you go to Hajj. It's beautiful. There's gold everywhere, but it doesn't even matter. It could be a shack. The way that I was able to focus and to get with them, with my Lord, was a beautiful thing. Um, and I'll never forget that journey. So I pray that all Muslims have a chance to go once in their life. In the second half of the Qutbah, I will discuss self-care in Ramadan and some self-care strategies. I said what I have to say. May God forgive us all. 
Alhamdulillah, all praise and thanks are due to God alone. Ramadan can take a lot out of us mentally, emotionally, and physically. So it's very important for us to make sure that we take steps of self-care. Many of you are mothers, wives, daughters, and caretakers. You are often the ones that are expected to be responsible for preparing the meals of suhoor, which is breakfast, and iftar, which is dinner, while um, tending to others in the process. Also getting up before the sunrise and rushing back from work and other obligations to prepare meals. If you don't take care of yourself, who will? Caring for yourself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of, of revolution. Allah revealed in Surah Al-Nal, the B, uh, Surah 16, Ayat 111, one day every soul will come up struggling for itself and every soul will, re will be recompensed fully for all its actions and none will be unjustly dealt with. You cannot pour water into an empty vessel. Sometimes we have to say no and refill our vessel. Our time, our bodies belong to us and God. And therefore, we have to take care of ourselves if we want to be good to anyone, especially to be good to someone else or even ourselves. And I, th I think about this quite a bit because a lot of you, I just joked and said I was a self-care guru amongst my family. And um, I get teased about that all the time because I will just shut down and say I'm not answering the phone. How many of us go to the phone all the time and we're never turning our phone off, right? We're constantly... Um, there for people, right? Um, and so I do, I practice yoga. I've been doing yoga for about 20 years, 20 plus years, and so I have a lot of the stances down. Um, so if I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or stressed, you know, I might go in a corner, no matter where I am, and I might even go in downward dog. It just depends on what's happening, right? And I know people probably who are not Muslim sometimes look and go, who's that strange lady covered all up doing yoga stances? But I have to focus and get refocused and get into meditation form. Um, so I try to do that quite a bit, at least stretching and, and breathing and meditating and, and try to refocus. And a lot of you who know me personally know I love to go to the day spa. That is my thing. My birthday is in two days, and guess where I'll be? In the day spa for about six hours. So a lot of my friends don't even want to go with me anymore because I stay too long. Um, <laughs> but alhamdulillah, this is my time where I get to reconnect with myself and reflect. Um, when I was a principal many, many years ago, um, I used to do it once a month because I had the funds to do that. And um, that was my treat to myself, and I would come back out like a new person um, as well. So we all should take a moment and breathe. You have needs too. Honor those needs. Take care of yourself. Because in the end, you only live once. And only you have to face your creator. You are the only one that you need to worry about pleasing. You and the creator. Therefore, if you want to live an authentic, meaningful life, it means we will at times disappoint and upset others and hurt people's feelings and living with the reality that some people just won't like us. It may not be easy, but it's essential if we want our life to reflect our deepest desires, values, and needs. The more we love ourselves, the less nonsense we will take. And I'm finding that out as I 
gain into my 40s. I'll be 45 in two days. And I used to look at the sisters when I was growing up, and I used to say, wow, they don't even look phased about things. I was in my 20s at the time. But sisters in their 40s plus, they were like, it's not that serious. And so they would say, it's just between me and Allah, and now I get it, you know, as, as time kind of goes on um, as well. And you think about if you're, if you're flying in an airplane, right? What happens if the uh, airline or the airplane is starting to have problems and they send down the oxygen mask? If you're sitting next to a child, what do they tell you to do first? You, as the adult, are to put the oxygen mask on and get the oxygen. And then you can assist the child or someone else that needs help. Because you can't, you know, have this child to put the oxygen mask on. They might put it on, or they might think it's a toy and go, oh, wow, that's a nice little toy, right? And then you all die, right? So you have to put the oxygen on for yourself. So look at it in that kind of a sense as well. Finally, I'm going to leave you with some practical tips on self-care during Ramadan. And I think we, these are really easy tips that you can do, it's free, right? Because a lot of times we say, oh, I, I need to pay money or do something, no. Taking a nap is free. We can take a nap anywhere, right? I always joke with my husband, he will go to sleep anywhere and sleep like a rock. It could be tornado flying through and he's sleep. Um, but that's his time to be able to kind of just shut down himself. So taking a nap for 10 to 15 minutes, can recharge you and make you be able to do more in your day. Make sure you are eating healthy foods. Eat foods that give you fuel. Some of those foods, those are just a few, nuts, blueberries, and protein. Um, a lot of people, you know, we say, oh, I, I want to eat healthy. It's hard to eat healthy. No, it really isn't. You know, getting kale salad, you know, putting a protein in your salad, it's really a simple thing. Are you drinking enough water? A lot of us don't stay hydrated. So even during Ramadan, you have to stay hydrated. So drink early before suhoor for breakfast, and then at night you should be drinking as well. You can put mint in your water, and that will hydrate um, lemon as well. And we have to have eight cups of water um, is suggested, suggested to stay hydrated. And so uh, we know a lot of us don't get that much water. Um, how about take a long bath? right? And just shut down the world. You know, take 30 minutes, an hour, and just take some time for yourself. Even with, especially with you being caretakers, say to your spouses, say to your older children, this is my time for one hour, and when I come out, I'm going to be a new and rejuvenated person. You're going to like me a little bit more, so give me that time, right? My mother, um, you raised six children, and may Allah be pleased with her. She uh, passed of breast cancer 24 years ago, and she was actually 45 when she died, and um, her thing was going to take a long bath, and she would be in there for two hours. I mean, and bubble bath, you would hear the water just go on and off, right, and it would be re-bubbles, re-bubbles, and we were not allowed as children, nor my father, thank God, was not allowed to knock on that door, right? Those were her two hours, and she could see you creeping past the door. She's like, I see you, move away, right? And so we got used to her doing that because that was really her only self-care that she had because she was always dealing with us, right? So um, she would come out, and she would be all shriveled up and looking like a raisin, but she would be smiling, and she would be rejuvenated. So I, I learned from that as well. How about acknowledging yourself, the first step, remember that it isn't selfish to look after yourself. It is critical for your happiness and well-being. You have limits, and they are crucial to help you honor your health. 
You have needs and deserve affection, rest, sustenance, and grace, just like everyone else. And you have dreams and are worthy of the time it takes to pursue and what makes your heart come alive. And I know a lot of us in here have dreams, and some of us have put things off. But I would say, take that moment and think about what are your dreams? What do you like to do? What makes you come alive? Gift yourself. How many of us can say we've gifted ourselves recently? When is the last time you did this? Each week, yes, I mean each week, not each month, not each year, each week, choose something that will add to your life. A colorful water bottle to encourage proper hydration, a beautiful new journal to record your dreams, an extra hour of sleep, I love sleep, I always do sleep, or exercise, right? I heard I, I do hiking. Exercise is free. You could walk around your block several times and get exercise. Or creative expression, whatever that looks like. If you like to sew or if you like to draw, do those things. If nothing else, give yourself a moment. We all need a moment of grace, forgiveness, or acceptance every now and then. Restore yourself. Think back to what made you feel happy as a child. Was it the smell of a library book or listening to the crickets at night? Maybe it was strumming a guitar or walking barefoot in the grass. Try to recreate those experiences of simple pleasure. For me, I used to love to go outside. My, my parents, if they wanted to punish me, they didn't need to spank, just, you know, going outside. So if I didn't go outside, I felt like I was trapped, right? So I made sure I was doing what I was supposed to do because I love to feel the sun on my body. You know, I live in Southern California, you can say that, right? Um, I love to feel the air on my face. And we would play in our backyard, you know, um, my siblings and I. And we would play outside for hours, mud pies. I know a lot of us remember that, mud pies. And my sisters would climb up the tree, and I would just look at them and go, oh, you're really high, because I don't like heights. But it was wonderful, and it was a pleasure for me. How about speaking up for yourself? Choose a trusted soul and voice the unspeakable. I need help. I'm afraid. I haven't felt like myself in a while. There's something about voicing that burden that makes it lighter. Give the people close to you a chance to support you. A lot of us are the ones that are always supporting other people, and we don't get that time to voice ourselves. And then even if you feel like you can't talk to someone that's in your family, we have mental health people that we can refer you to so you can have that moment. Take the pressure off yourself. What are you telling yourself about your parenting skills? What are you telling yourself about your appearance? What are you telling yourself about your long to-do list, which we all have? Now try setting more realistic expectations. Lower the bar. Let something go. Ban the word should from your vocabulary today. And when you lay down in bed tonight, ask yourself, did I show up? If the answer is yes, that is enough. It's more than enough. Notice the good in yourself. Take a moment to recognize any tough obstacles you've overcome or lessons you've learned and think about how far you've come. Then try to see yourself through the eyes of those who love you. They don't see imperfections, failings, and mistakes. They see love, never failing love. Try to see it too. It's my hope today, sisters, that I was able to impart some words that will stir and restore your soul I have been forever changed by today. My prayer is that we all look within ourselves and learn 
to love the true being of who we are, which is servants of God. And I'm going to close out with a couple of duas. I have a couple of Ramadan prayers. And so after I say it, I'd love for you to say amin or amen um, to show an agreement. So bismillahirrahmanirrahim, in the name in the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. Oh Allah, you understand our struggles and our pain. So Lord, let not our fasting be in vain and reframe us from being unforgiving of those that caused us pain. Amin. Oh Allah, we pray to be a better person. Amin. Oh, our wonderful creator, help us to see. See the good in others instead of negativity. Amin. We believe and trust in you. Our Lord, you are all our wadu, which means loving. So we know you love us too. Forgive us our sins again and again. Amin. And our Lord, let us have safe travels as we leave here. And our Lord, let us um, be in the best of health and be the best of people. Amin. And let us have good in this life and good in the hereafter. God commands justice, doing good and generosity towards relatives, and God forbids what is shameful, blameworthy, and oppressive. God teaches you so that ye may take heed. Wa'akimah salat. Let's perform the prayer. <laughs>